Has everybody been good? I got a COVID test this week because oh nice. I don't know. I just thought I'd be nervous. Did you guys um have you guys done it yet? Done one before? I was, man, I, not. I was nervous. I get not nervous that I had it, but like I went to a bar last night and I was a little like I sat on a patio and I, I was I was just looking around and I was just like I was so reserved in my seat, never left except to use the bathroom like one time. And I was just nervous. I was just so scared out of my mind. I never left my seat. <laughs> it going out is really going to. It's get, there's going to be an adjustment period for sure. But I got a I got a COVID test because I was like, let me just see. I mean, I I definitely have relaxed my own lockdown standards. So I was like, let me go back. Let like let me just make sure I don't have anything. I don't think I do. Um, it's the most uncomfortable thing ever that I had to shove. I, it was a self administered test at CVS. Uh, you have to shove this thing up your nose as far as you possibly can until you meet resistance. Heard Rub it, it against your nasal wall for 15 seconds. Oh. And, then, and then when I thought I was done, she was like, okay, now do the other nostril. Oh. I'm like, are you kidding Double me? Double nostril. And also like, it took me a while to get started because while I was shoving it up my nose, I just kept sneezing and like sneezing oh. on it. And sneezing what did you, you start and, like, bleeding? And then my do it again. And, then, and then my eyes are like watering. I have tears coming down my eyes, and like I'm looking at the lady, and she's just laughing at me. <laughs> she gets to see this all day. It was yeah. like through a window, so like they do it. It's like normal safe. for her. It's very good. Yeah, you're um, probably her like 25th patient, and she's still laughing the same amount as the first. Patient. That means you. That means maybe your test I just impressive. maybe I just messed up. Maybe I just was doing it completely wrong, or or just like at being an idiot because the first I was like okay, is this good? And she was like, no, it's barely in your nose. Shove it up higher. I was like, oh, okay. Shoved yeah. it up higher. Just That's touching your brain all over my steering wheel. <laughs> it was a drive through. Oh um, <laughs> so no, yeah, that, that was not fun. Uh, as much as I do recommend getting a, a test, I think it'd be a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I think it is too. All Get right, through. Dave, all Director right. Dave, Dr. O hit us with the starting. I don't know what the fuck to do. Just do the thing that you do with the thing. The Drive-In Podcast, episode two, take one. Welcome to the second episode of the Drive-In Pod. Featured Nez, Dr. O, and Ricky Flicks. Bring you the latest in movie and entertainment news and reviews. Today we are going to review the new Spike Lee movie, The Five Bloods. We're going to discuss the checkup with Dr. O, the trailer roundup, which is a new debut segment, and of course, top billing. So please use the restrooms now, turn off your cell phones. Get ready for the second episode of the Drive-In Pod. Boys, how are we doing today? How are we doing? Episode two. Episode two. Doing lovely. Ready to rock and roll. Okay. Bring in the energy. Bring in the hype. Let's go. Spike Lee to five bloods. What up, I'm Flex? Ex- I'm excited. First one was great. Second one will be better. Let's get it going. Oh, each one's going to be better than the last. You bet your bottom dollar. Uh, if you guys don't follow us already, follow us on Instagram at underscore the drive-in final time. I'm, I'm still laughing at that. I, I, your bottom dollar. I can't Annie, believe you said that. <laughs> impressive. Annie was on, uh, was on uh, 
cable TV this week. So I watched We're targeting it. the older podcast listeners. Yeah, yeah, mm. for sure. Because old people listen to lots of podcasts. <laughs> okay, let me try that again. If you don't follow us already, uh, go to Instagram. We are underscore the drive-in pod. Twitter at the drive-in pod. And YouTube, look, at, look us up at the drive-in pod. Uh, you can look at all of our blogs on the driveinpod.com. Uh, we're still dropping them every single day, keeping you updated with the la- latest and all movie news and reviews, uh, and also some very specialized and amazing content from Dr. O and Ricky Flicks, uh, and sometimes me. I'm a little lazy, can't lie. Um, but yeah, guys, I'd say, why don't we just get started here? Let There's so much movie news. I say, let's just hit the ground running. It's time for the checkup with Dr. O. All right. Uh, let's see what's up on the uh, movie docket for this week. We had some massive news drop today, right before the weekend. The Batman has an HBO Max spinoff show on the way from director Matt Reeves, focusing on Gotham on the Gotham Police Department. It will have a direct connection to the Matt Reeves trilogy, uh, away from the DC universe, not connected to the DCEU. Uh, Matt Reeves uh, let out a statement from uh, via Warner Brothers. This is an amazing opportunity, he says, not only to expand the vision of the world I'm creating in the film, but to explore it in the kind of depth and detail that only a long-form format can afford and getting to work with the incredibly talented Terrence Winter, who has written so insightfully and powerfully about worlds of crime and corruption, is an absolute dream. All right, Gotham PD show. What do we think? Coming to HBO Max. I think... Uh... HBO Max is just Batista bombing Quibi through through a table. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> Holy crap. They are just they're just absolutely light years ahead of Quibi. I mean, if you go to the driveinpod.com, if you look at our blog, what their subscribers are down like ninety-five percent or ninety five percent of the people that do their free trial are not are not following up or right. So I wrote a blog yesterday that ninety-two percent of free trial users uh, decided to ditch uh, their they didn't they decided not to pay when it came time to pay. Yikes. Which is absolutely wild. The stat like blew my mind completely, but it just shows how much of a failure Quibi was compared to like these monsters like HBO Max, Netflix, Amazon Prime, all of those. And HBO has been around for a while, but they I, I thought it was a little strange that they were going to try something new with HBO Max. And um, I mean, it seems like it's going to be really cool. And uh, honestly, just they, it's just like light years ahead of Quibi. I don't, I don't know if anybody like Quibi's going to be under very soon if if they don't do any if they don't turn around very quickly um i think hbo max is just blowing them out of the water and that's honestly what i'm taking from this whole thing hmm. well i think hbo max like is a huge catalog right now with warner brothers movies but they don't really have a lot of original programming like that like netflix has they're known for their netflix series mainly and like amazon prime stepping up their game with their original series hbo max doesn't really have any right now I think this is a great opportunity for that, especially with a superhero, like the superhero fandom of the world right now. I think it's a great opportunity. Gotham, uh, like that, the TV show that was on cable, I forget even what channel it was on Fox or something. Without your main guy, Batman, like one of the most, like maybe the most popular superhero character of all time, I just never really got my attention. Didn't watch it, and this one, I will watch it, even though Batman will not probably not be in it. I will watch it because an HBO series is going to be great. And Matt Reeves, reliable. Terrence Winter writing. I'm going to watch it. I'm, I'm super pumped about this for a couple of reasons. One, Matt Reeves directly involved. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he's saying this show is a direct connection to the movies. The universe is Gotham universe. He's creating is crossing over multiple platforms. 
unbelievably appealing. Automatically hooks me in, whether Pat, whether Robert Pattinson in it or not. Um, you have Jeffrey Wright playing Commissioner Gordon in the upcoming Battenson movie. I assume he's going to have a main role in this upcoming series. Uh, and you're going to see a bunch of like other characters that aren't going to be able to fit into this three-movie trilogy set by Reeves. And Batman has such a massive catalog of characters. Mm. And Gotham is such a awesome place it's corrupt like not awesome it's awesome to explore as in a movie or i'd hate to live there yeah it's just an awesome place to live you know great uh great real estate but uh it's i think it's just exciting because like you can introduce like characters that you might not be in that trilogy like a robin a nightwing a batgirl maybe some villains there's so much you can do and maybe you get a cameo from battinson yeah i I think that i would love some nightwing i think that jeffrey wright would take the lead on this project uh for the acting purpose actor purposes he would definitely be the lead actor in my opinion with a gotham pd show and commissioner gordon and he has a proven track record with hbo series such as with uh, uh westworld so i think that, even, that makes me more confident that's a, that this will work yeah jeffrey wright he's like oh yeah westworld i mean his career's kind of skyrocketed after having kind of a slow start uh, Casino Royale in 06 and all these supporting roles. Then he c- came on the scene with Westworld. Now he's following up as Commissioner Gordon. I mean, he's got the hot ticket right now. All right. Anybody else have anything else to add? Oh, one more thing I have to add. One, one important element. I, meant, I mentioned the name Terrence Winter, which might not seem like a big deal. All right. But he is a great, great show writer and great. movie writer. He wrote The Wolf of Wall Street. All right. was uh, nominated for an Oscar back in 2014. Uh, he for best adapted screenplay. He also wrote episodes of The Sopranos, which is one of the masterpieces in the history of television. And he also created Boardwalk Empire, which is also a show about city corruption, politics, things of that nature. So I think it's, this is also right up his alley. So I just want to finish off with that comment. Um, going on here with the checkup, our second topic, we have some MCU, no, MCU news, okay? Something to counter DC. Scarlett Johansson is set to, quote, pass the baton to Florence Pugh as the successor to Black Widow in the MCU in the upcoming movie, Black Widow. This, quote, pass the baton is from director Kate Shortland. Okay. Well, it looks like we're getting Florence Pugh for the foreseeable future in the MCU. What do you guys think? Is it really Scarlett Johansson? Did I say yo? Is it not, you is said it not Johansson. Joe? I thought I it think was I'm, just, I'm feeling European today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know. What do you guys think? I love it. I think it's a great replacement. I think Florence Pugh is coming up uh, big time into the big time right now. Midsummer just uh, caught attention last year, and oh, Little Woman as well. So she's definitely in the mainstream right now, and as an up and coming actress. And not only is she a great actress, but she might be the best actress in the MCU. Uh, I, I personally, I know Brie Larson has an Oscar now, I am not a Brie Larson stan. And even though she has an Oscar, actually, she does have an Oscar. I she don't find her very, Pilgrim. Mm, oh, yeah. very minor role. But I'm not the <laughs> biggest Brie Larson fan. Which will and, never give that movie credit. <laughs> and I, I think Florence Pugh will also be the best actress in the MCU. I mean, I loved her in Midsummer. She was awesome in that movie. That was kind of her like coming out party. I think it was kind of obvious that she was going to be a mainstay. I know she's playing this character. I think her name is Yelena Belova, which is some Marvel character, Marvel hero I've never even heard of. I don't know if you guys have. But uh, it's like she's such a good actress. 
and the MCU is trying to get younger after like RDJ leaving, mm. Chris Evans leaving, all these like older actors leaving. You, they want to get younger. They want to get include that Oscar level talent. Perfect person to fill in the role for Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Johansson. Yeah, I know. Make sure I emphasize that. All right. Yeah, honestly, all I can say is we'll see. Um, as a lot of these things do, it's really going to come down to the writing, to the directing. Um, and, you know, how is it going to tie to the new MCU? And the story. And I, I don't care how good of an actor you are, as we've seen Ben Affleck, you know, Gal Gadot. I mean, all, I, like with just with the DCU, as we've <laughs> seen, it doesn't take a good actor or actress. That's not going to make or break a movie. It needs to be well written and well executed. Now, the MCU does have a great history of that, but they've done so much. It's, it's really going to be interesting to see how they are, if they're, if they are going to be able to continue the success that they've already achieved. Yeah. I'm interested to see if this is just like a new thing they thought of, or was this in their plans? Because if they just thought of this because of Florence Pugh's a hot name right now, and she's been, she's has, is having her up and coming mainstream type come up right now. And then they maybe just thought of this and thought, Oh, this would be a great actress to add to our profile. Or was this a, always a part of the plan to have Natasha Romanoff's sister somehow be a part of it. Right. And then like, if, and this movie is taking place right after civil war. So you're going back to 2017. So like, mm-hmm. where was this supposed hero following that? I'm sure they'll explain that the MCU is great at filling plot holes like that. Another thing that Nez mentioned the future and what this means. Like if we're having uh Florence Pugh in this universe for the foreseeable future. That means Black Widow is going to have a connection to future movies. It's going to have an impact on future movies. I think a lot of people, when Black Widow was first announced, they didn't like the idea that it was going back in time. Cause like the MCU, you're looking for that after credit scene. You're looking mm-hmm. for those, uh, those Easter eggs. It's going to hint at something new. It hints at a hero that's coming. And they like, I honestly, David Harbour, he's playing an old, basically mm-hmm. Captain America for Russia. Like he's not going to be in future MCU. Oh, he's movies. one of my favorites. Yeah, he, a great actor. He's having his I, come, I, like, I enjoy come up right now, too. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, just, it's further, it causes further excitement. That's also like getting people hyped to see the movie. So I think it's a really obviously a good time to announce this type of news. Well, they did that with Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel was set significantly in the past, um, mm. you know, compared to what they were doing, uh, you know, presently in the, uh, or at least at the time, I don't really know how to, yeah, but she like, still had I don't to, really know how to attack this time thing right now. Yeah. Um, it, no, I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, you saw Nick Fury at the end of infinity war, drop that thing. You knew she was coming to mm-hmm. save the day, even right. though she technically didn't, which was actually, absolutely yeah. kind of a letdown. <laughs> she was an absolute bust for the team. She should have been the MJ and just like they, they teased her to be the MJ really fell apart. Superheroes, right. it's a team team game. <laughs> it is a team game. That's what they teach you down at Marvel and Disney. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, next up on the docket, uh, we have some dark universe news from Universal. So the Invisible Man director, Lee Wannell, is in talks to direct Universal's Wolfman that was uh, announced a month and a half ago starring Ryan Gosling. Okay? So, Let's go. I, so, Flex, what do, you have to, what do you have on this? I love it. I love it. I saw Invisible Man as as did I think all of us earlier this year. Loved it. I think it was as in the very little movies that have come out this year. Probably my favorite movie this year, other than maybe one that we're reviewing later. But I am I am big on board with this, especially with Blumhouse part of it. They they have a proven record that they are very good in this genre. And although they sometimes have 
their uh, their bus and very minor uh, budgets. This one will have a bigger budget with a big star, proven star, Ryan Gosling. I'm very, very in on this movie. I love what Universal's doing. I love, I, I don't know, having been, you've been to Universal Studios, you've done these studio tours and stuff. Um, and horror was just such a big deal, uh, you know, back in the day, especially in Hollywood. Um, I love old or old horror movies even though they're not as scary they're very entertaining to me and i just think it's very cool so the fact that they're bringing a lot of this stuff back i think is extremely extremely cool laundry's done i think it's extremely <laughs> extremely cool and uh, i'm just really excited for it yeah i mean i think that's a great point nez they're, they're also what the invisible man did is that they took an older movie that's been remade multiple times. They put a modern twist on it. I think mm -hmm. that's what they could do with this new dark universe. And they've already messed up the dark universe once with 2017's The Mummy with Tom Cruise. Like, absolute abomination <sighs> of the movie. Like, watch it with a blindfold. That's how bad it was. God. But what they're doing now is that they kind of transitioned. They rebooted it. They didn't even mention that The Invisible Man was going to kick off a universe. And it still might not. Okay? What they did, they took it back. They stripped it down completely they made the invisible man with a seven million dollar budget they brought bloomhouse in who's a great low budget film horror horror genre horror studio i should say mm -hmm. and they absolutely murdered this movie and i think if they just follow that same formula kind of similar and it didn't have any further connections to any heroes it's like the mcu formula a little bit and eventually they cross over it could work especially with goss god in the next movie yeah and then with lee wannell i don't know if i'm pronouncing that correctly he, he has directed and written a lot of movies in this genre before, and most recently with Upgrade and Invisible, and obviously Invisible Man. And coming up next year now is Spiral. So he's really coming into the forefront with this genre and during this recent res renaissance in the genre. So I'm really enticed by, to see like, what he brings to this, this movie with Goss God. Spiral is uh, Chris Rock's star movie, no? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's, a, he's executive producing that. Sorry. Executive producer. Yeah, but dude. Like people want his name it, to it. If you saw Lee Wannell's name anywhere on Twitter, like you wouldn't think twice. Like, it, like, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't even look at it. Yeah, like, it's just like no news. That's why on the blog, I was just like, this is low key a big deal for this like supposed universe that's happening. Just because he's like kind of like the builder. He's maybe like the John Favreau of maybe maybe. He's also with the Jan, city. Jan, Jan Favreau. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're gonna do that now. <laughs> yeah. He was also a screenwriter with the Insidious movies too. So I know I love I'm, the Insidious. Yeah. Movies. So Especially I know the first one has a big fan base. Has had three movies, right? Nez? three movies. Yeah. So obviously there's a fan following there, and he does have a connection with the with the audience in this genre. So that's another reason why I'm just really pumped up that he's a part of it and leading leading it. Love it. Uh, we have one more story on the checkup today. Okay, we have Zachary Levi set to star as Kurt Warner in an upcoming biopic titled "American Underdog: The Kurt Warner uh, Kurt, War Kurt Warner Study." Excuse me. Zachary Levi will star as the NFL Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, the film for Lionsgate and Kingdom Store is expected to begin production later this year. Brothers John and Andrew Irwin will direct and produce Kurt Warner biopic. What do you boys think? Sick. Sick. I love when they come out. I love football. So I love when they come out with football movies, especially good football movies. Uh, I'm really hoping that this is going to be in that category of good football movies um, because they're actually hard to come by. It's almost like doing a comedy um, where it's very hard to actually execute. 
Um, I'm very excited. I, I admire Kurt Warner as a player. I used to think that his dad was Pop Warner, and that's why Pop Warner football <laughs> leagues were, were a thing. Maybe his grandpa. <laughs> I didn't really – I still don't know why. But because, um, I mean, I was beginning to play, like, football when he was, like, you know, the greatest show on turf. Um, but also, Kurt Warner has a great story. Uh, so I think it's going to be really cool to watch that unfold. And I really hope that they're able to execute it because this is a really great story that's awesome to tell. And when a football movie's good, it's really good, at least think in, my, in my world. Yeah, I think that with the story, I think it's similar to what I said last week with Tyson is like, where do they start? Are they going to start like the first scene of the movie is going to be him bagging groceries? Or is it like the first scene going to be like the end, like winning a Super Bowl and coming back? And then the next scene's like bagging groceries or something. Or they're yeah. going to start like in his elementary school days tearing up his recess playground you know there's just so much content to work with and like for the audience who doesn't who don't know kurt warner's uh, story he starts off being drafted back in 94 i believe by the bears okay gets cut right in his first year then he goes to the uh cfl or afl ricky cfl he goes to the CFL, becomes a Hall of Fame CFL quarterback, okay? Mm-hmm. Then is signed by the Rams. Before he plays for the Rams, he ends up going to NFL Europe, okay? So he goes to Europe to play football, comes back, and then – uh, no, That no longer exists, by the way. Right, exactly. And then, as Des mentioned before, he leads the greatest show on turf, wins a Super Bowl. Then he goes to a Super Bowl the next year, loses to Tom Brady. We won't bring that up again. <laughs> then, yeah. then you literally have – over a decade later, when he's 40 years old, after a tumultuous rest of his uh, middle of a career, he leads the Arizona Cardinals to the Super Bowl with Larry Fitzgerald. Relatively new franchise. Only to lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Hey, and that's your guys' team. Yes. And it would be interesting to see, like, whoever dire- – oh, I forget who's directing and writing. Uh, Dr. O? They, they did not put a name to it. Oh, okay. See, okay. Producing it. Okay. Got it. So it'd be interesting to see, like, this is obviously going to be released in America and it'd be interesting to see because most of most Americans, like they're huge football fans, obviously most popular sport, but they don't really know a lot about the CFL. So they're going to have to really get the story correct and accurate, but then also related to the audience and really follow that story really in, uh, closely to make sure they understand the emotional burden it is to start in the NFL, go back to the CFL, and then how hard it is to come back to the NFL from there. Like right. not many players have done it, and I won't go on a list of the very the, like very irrelevant irrelevant players that have done it because Kurt Warner is like one of the few Hall of Famers that have come from the CFL uh, NFL Hall of Famers, I should say. And then flicks really quick. You mentioned uh, who wrote it. Uh, there's no writers given, but John and Andrew Irwin are directing and producing. What if they got put? It. What if they put a Tarantino like twist where he <laughs> pummels Tom Brady into the ground in that second just, Super Bowl? And just, you know, Tom Brady never has the career that he had. Or they just end it with Larry Fitzgerald with the game-winning touchdown. <laughs> you don't even know if they win the game. <laughs> yeah, like it's that, like the Big Ben, Antonio Holmes never happens. But I Big like ben the Brady, the I like the Brady Tarantino yeah. twist, though. That's got yeah. something to where it. Where do you guys – but, like, seriously, where do you guys want this movie to end? Because I kind of want it to end with him on the greatest show on turf. Like, I really think yeah. I would rather see him, like, that an uplifting ending, not a mm-hmm. bad ending. Like, either with Benatari kicking the Super – like, that could be a good ending, too, like a Friday Night Lights ending where like kicking like losing the super bowl or you could have like winning the super bowl well i don't know because i think a lot of this i think a lot of this movie is going to be about his journey and and basically going from the cfl and working so hard to achieve right um you know and and getting to the nfl uh that i think you're right i think if they made the finale him winning the super bowl um i think that's i think that's good with me i think that's a good movie 
Um, that being said, you know, we'll see how they do it. Agreed. Like but, he's had so many lows mm-hmm. in that first part of his career. It's almost like enough. Like you can't beat him up anymore. <laughs> you can't go like to Eli where Eli was like sucking and then he still takes Kurt Warner's job like back in like no. five. Like it's just, that's a perfect ending. hundred mm-hmm. percent. All right. That does it for the checkup today. Um, before I send it back to Nez, we have a bunch of trailers that came out over the past week and we call this segment, the movie trailer roundup. Uh, so we had trailers for The Boys, Season 2, uh, an upcoming Seth Rogen film, American Pickles, set to debut on HBO Max. We had the Nikola Tesla biopic named Tesla, starring Ethan Hawke, uh, debut their own trailer today. Then we had one for The Tax Collector, starring Shia LaBeouf and David Ayer. So four new trailers. Anything catch your eyes, boys? Nez, what do you think? I'll talk about the ones that I find most interesting, first of all. Uh, obviously, The Boys. I loved that first season. Uh, it's such a f- refreshing take on superheroes and superhero universes. Yes, I know Deadpool is very similar in the fact that it's very dark and, and, and funny. Um, but in my opinion, The Boys is even darker. I won't say even funnier because that would be very bold of me. But it's very <laughs> dark. Uh, it's very interesting. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. Uh, I remember, and I, I don't always get this feeling, when I finished that first season I was craving more. I was upset that I that I had begun this series and that there was no more of it. I was one of those people that was fortunate enough, and I say this uh, because I honestly enjoyed my experience with it. I was fortunate enough to not know or even watch an episode of Game of Thrones until season six was already out. And then once that was out, so basically that allowed me to binge the whole thing. And just once I watched the first season, once I once I saw Ned Stark get decapitated, and I'm not even going to say spoiler alert because if you haven't seen Game of Thrones now, just, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Um, once I saw Ned Stark get decapitated, I was hooked. And I was like, oh, my God. Let me, let, I, I'm going to watch this entire thing in one night. It's mm-hmm. not even possible. I'm going to try. Um, so once I finished that first season of The Boys, I've been craving the second season since I, uh, since I finished it. Uh, and I'm so excited that they're about to come out with this. They're bringing out Stormfront. I've read up on this. It's, it's a guy in the comics. Uh, it's a, it's a woman in the show now. Um, but basically apparently her, uh, her powers are, are supposed to be relatively similar or equivalent to, um, Homelander. She's like kind of the OG Homelander, but like a little bit more sick and a little bit more twisted, which is like hard, which is hard to believe. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. Um, the tax collector I'm extremely excited about. I'm also a little confused. Um, I saw something about Shia LaBeouf getting tattoos or I thought that they were fake tattoos, but then somebody told Damn. me they were, they were like, Oh real. man, he's getting real tattoos real. for a role. Massive tattoo. Like from like, I would say just do top it. of his pec down to his, almost his belly button, real tattoos. That he is so crazy. It's good. This better be a good movie. I hope he's not pulling a Jared Leto on us. Oh, oh my god. Don't this, say that. It's funny <laughs> you say, say that because David Ayer is directing it and who directed Jared Leto and Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. I think it's got some potential. Like Shy's mm-hmm. been on Shy's been on a hot streak. He had uh mm-hmm. those two indie films Honey last Boy. year. You had Honey Boy, Peanut Butter uh, Falcon. What was the other one? Peanut, uh, Peanut Butter Falcon. Falcon. Okay, so now he's coming off. He's getting more in the mainstream again, getting back into those bigger mm-hmm. roles that are gonna be seen by more audiences. I think he's gonna show out for this movie. Uh Nez, I also gotta, I gotta say, what do you think of the music in that trailer? 
Electric. Electric. Yes. That the Spanish rap there was absolutely <laughs> fuego. It was so good. Right. I, yeah, had to, I had to write it in my oh blog. My it was so good. It was oh so God. good. First, I have to mention how good this music Listen, is. Latin rap is taking over. I'm telling you guys. It's really, it really is. Bad Bunny's one of the biggest pop stars in the world right now. Yeah. Take notes. I think that the one that really caught my eye, my eye out of the four that you mentioned was the Ethan Hawke Tesla movie. I, I didn't realize Ethan Hawke's not even 50 yet. He turns 50 this year. I feel like he's been around forever, which he has. But I think of... When, when I think of Ethan Hawke, I think of Training Day, Boyhood, Dead Poets Society. Two out of those three has been nominated for a supporting actor role. And he also was a very minor character in the other movie, but very well known. But it's just been, he's been under the radar the past 20 years. And he's been doing some great movies. He's done Before Sunrise, Before Midnight, both of those. He's been nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, but, screenplay, but he also starred in. And those, for the record, on Rotten Tomatoes, I know. People will have their doubts like myself about Ron Tomatoes. Certified Professor at around 97 and 98%. So those are well critically acclaimed movies. And he has all, many others, several other critically acclaimed movies that box office, not successful at all, but just critically really acclaimed. And this is finally one where a biopic like uh, Nikola Tesla, a mysterious character that's always second thought to Thomas Edison. This could be one that possibly can get him back in the forefront of the conversation and back in, those, in that Oscar buzz again. This that I love that trailer. I wrote about it today. But uh, what I loved about it was like what you said is that Nikola Tesla is like kind of a fabled historical figure. I'm a massive history buff, and I know you guys are as well. So it's you have much, Edison, yes. who's the main guy, but the guy in the background who actually is like technically in a way did invent electricity with Nikola mm. Tesla, and like there's he's not talked about at all in your history books, but he's also he was like. I don't even know how to describe him. He's like the Elon Musk of the early 20th century. He's an innovator. Not like space, but you know what I mean. He's an innovator. Elon Musk. He's an innovator. Nikola Tesla. Okay, okay. You, but, I said innovator. Okay, okay. I, I, I think that another thing that popped out on the trailer, I think you mentioned this in your blog, was the music too. The music, also similar to the Task Collector, was electric. And the EDM feel to an early 20th century movie, I really loved it. I really, really liked that. And I, I think it totally shifted the trailer to make me really more intrigued with the movie and wanted to see it more. Right. EDM made it more electric, man. Yeah. <laughs> Dead. And then uh, they broke the fourth wall in the trailer. They did. They so this did. is like not a traditional biopic. They, they had even the, when they broke the fourth wall in the trailer, trailer, they mentioned how much of a mysterious figure he was. They said, if you Google Nikola Tesla, Google images, uh, you won't even get a picture of him until like the fifth or sixth image. They were just making it known that this guy basically, it's basically, it sounds like a myth when you talk about him and he's not mm. talked about enough. So I'm, I'm pumped to learn more about this guy. I also going back to the, my Ethan Hawke comment, I was just thinking like, what category of actor would you put him in? Like, I know last week we were talking about Hugh Jackman, like, a-list actor, but not necessarily in that upper echelon. Like, where would you put Ethan Hawke? Like, what's a player comp for Ethan Hawke? Well, I I, I don't know about the player comps. I kind of choked on that one last week with the yeah. Odell. Beckham. I mean, like actor actor comp. Like, I, okay, another was, actor was, that's in the same vicinity. The best, not Odell Beckham. He's one of. The, I think he's entered the category of one of the best actors who never won an Oscar. He's been nominated four times. Yeah, four yeah. times for an Oscar. Two for acting. Two for writing. One of the most so, talented dudes to never mm -hmm. win an Oscar, hands down. I agree with that. It's just that, like, when I think of most talented actors that 
have never won an Oscar. I think of like Tom Cruise, but like I don't want to put him the same caliber as Tom Cruise because I think Tom Cruise is just is, is like huge He's variety in Mr. his work. Mr. Blockbuster. Yeah, Mr. Yeah, exactly. But like I couldn't think of a good play, uh, uh, com- comparable for him. It'd be I, like there's no one like him. A low tier, right? Don't I'm not. It's a yeah, low like you're not gonna go. You're not gonna go Daniel to Day a movie Lewis, theater. A low tier Daniel Day Lewis, where he's not in any similar role. Movie. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, I'm not gonna go see. Besides this movie, I will go see this just because of the story as well. But I'm not gonna go out and see an Ethan Hawke movie like Before Sunrise in the theater. You know, like I'll go out and see a Hugh Jackman movie, um, like him being entertaining and like great. I won't not not say that movie, but like Logan, I'll go out and see that one. And other movies like that, or like a Tom Cruise, like Magnolia movie. I'll go out and see that. But like an Ethan Hawke movie, like they're Sit all four hours. Yeah, but Logan, you, you weren't watching Logan for Hugh Jackman. You were watching for, you know, the was connection. I? You were well, watching like, for its connection to X-Men. It's part of a franchise. I wasn't. That's, that's I wasn't at all. at playing Wolverine. That's I wasn't thinking of the X-Men when watching that, to be honest. That's you're thinking of Wolverine. You're thinking yeah, of Professor X in it. though. It's not True. like it's not I, like Logan's a totally but, random movie that just hit the box office and it's like not connected to anything. It's connected to something. He's playing it familiar distance character. itself though. It did distance itself. Well, exactly. Playing, James Mangold was directing. Though, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. No, hundred percent. Okay, okay. Maybe it was a bad co- like movie comp, but you, you get my point though. I'm not gonna go out and see an Ethan Hawke movie most likely. Right, no, I'm not gonna go to movie theater to see him. Get it, Ricky. You hate Ethan Hawke. We get it. (laughs) (laughs) You would never pay a cent to see an Ethan Hawke movie, except this one. I will go see this one. All right, that does it for the trailer roundup and uh, the checkup this week. Nez, I'll throw it back to you. All right, guys. Um, You know, I think that we owe honesty to our listeners here, and I can't help but say that I have not seen to five bloods so what i'm going to do is i'm going to take a big step back here and i'm going to let dr o and ricky flicks review the five bloods so take it away boys recording all right flicks the five bloods uh our synopsis for the five bloods we have four african-american vets battle the forces of man and nature when they return to vietnam seeking the remains of their fallen squad leader and the gold fortune he helped them hide Flicks. This was quite the ride of a movie. It's hour 55 minutes. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I think it was quite the ride, but uh, definitely a good ride. But it wasn't necessarily as long as like the movie we suggested last week with uh, King of Staten Island. This movie was a good pace throughout. I know the beginning it didn't really have a lot of action. I think that was a critique that I had personally. But the second half more than makes up for it. More, more than makes up for it in a big way and it's definitely hinted at throughout the first half of how that action will be impl- implemented and there's a lot of foreshadowing that goes on but is this a spoiler free review uh, spoiler, uh, spoiler free spoiler free. spoiler free are we going to get into spoilers later uh we can we can let's just yeah, start off yeah, spoiler definitely. free but um i definitely think that this movie was highlighted by uh, with the action that in the second half of the movie also with uh lindo uh david uh Delroy. Delroy Lindo. Right. Thank you. Delroy Lindo's performance is probably the best performance of the year so far. Even For me, it beats out Elizabeth Moss's performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was unbelievable acting by him. He plays, uh, a, obviously, he's a, a veteran, but he's also, he suffers from PSD like, to the max. And he's also a conservative, uh, obviously, black male in 2020. 
and he's going back to last time he was in Vietnam was during the war. And he really, you could really see through his character that PTSD, but to the, to the max amounts. And I thought he was phenomenal. So the action and foreshadowing to go along with Delroy Lindo's performance, I thought really, really uh, struck out in this movie. Right. So just going on with Delroy Lindo, like that's where we'll start. Okay. Cause he clearly had the juiciest role in the movie and the greatest Mm -hmm. performance. Uh, I don't mean to dismiss the other actors, but the other acting didn't really draw me in and it didn't really stick out. How about you? I agree. Okay. I agree. It wasn't Lindo was very compelling. The others weren't compelling at all. And you didn't really understand their story as much. It was just blurbs. That's the that's like the writing and the producing of the movie though, because like when you look at Lindo's character, let's look how layered he was. He suffers from PTSD, all right. He ha- he's suffering the traumatic a traumatic loss of his friend. Along mm-hmm. with that, he's playing an African American Trump supporter, right, in a Spike Lee movie. Yes, you know yes. how Spike Lee. We should mention is? that. And I yes, so he was phenomenal, and it's something that it shows the openness of Spike Lee because you would never expect him to do that in his movie. The show the uh, a range of characters uh, that with different beliefs. I mean, the social justice themes in this movie I thought were sensational. Mm-hmm. I think yep. it was it wasn't exactly in your face. All right, that's yes. what is a great thing about it. And the thing is also. Spike Lee, if you ask about Spike Lee, you're here about Spike Lee, you're assuming that a movie is going to be about uh, social injustices, racial injustice, okay? And if you talked about it in person, you would expect him to be very uh, bombastic about it. And then in this movie, it really wasn't that much in your face. He snuck it in subtly. It didn't take away from your engagement to the movie. So I thought he nailed it. And then the Delroy Lindo scene, I really wanted to touch upon before I throw it back to you, is the soliloquy where he's talking mm-hmm. straight into the camera, right? I think soliloquy is the right word. Yep. Okay? No, you got it. English parents don't come soliloquy. at me too hard. But <laughs> he's basically talking to God. And it, it's basically, you don't even like know what he's saying. You know he's just like, I, I would guess, repenting. And he's just talking at the camera, right? And it's just a very – it feels like you're almost watching a play the way he's talking. Like he's talking to the audience rather than another yep. character straight Really to, powerful. Ex- exactly. Emotional. So I thought he killed that. So what were you going to say, Flex? No, like I actually don't really agree with the subtlety of it. I really thought it was in your face the racial injustice parts uh, like it obviously wasn't the main theme with PTSD and like Vietnam, but, and, and going back to Vietnam, but I really think it was in your face, but on purpose, I thought it was really well done where you weren't impacted by it though. As in when I, when I, I don't mean impacted. I mean, it didn't hurt your viewing experience. You didn't cringe at it. You didn't, it was just, it was just I, normal. You were I think along we're on the for the same ride. page there, Flix. I, I, what I'm saying is not in your face. I'm saying it didn't take away from your viewing experience. You didn't get like, oh, it's another movie about social and racial injustice. I'm right. saying that like, it's like, it made sense. In the yeah. And I it think that, reaching. yeah, I think that it wasn't reaching either. I know the first, so the first, not, this isn't a spoiler. So the first few minutes is archival footage of about a lot of racial injustice in Vietnam and uh, just a lot of footage from the 60s and 70s and protests and everything that's going on in America mainly. And like, I love that, to be honest. I think think that set the tone for the movie, but I did get that feeling where I was a little afraid that it was just going to like be all in your face. And I I had no doubt it was going to be a great movie. Like Spike Lee's 
one of the best directors and writers of our generation in the movie industry. But I was a little worried. But throughout the movie, I thought he did a great job with it being in your face, but not to the extent where it's like, you're like, can we calm this down a bit? Or can we just not cringe for one second? He did a great job with that. Right. And then I wanted to bring up something that he did something a lot of other directors fail to do is that he was teaching the audience things throughout the movie. And it wasn't mm. necessarily just about Vietnam. Yes. When you, and there was one particular scene and this struck out, this was a, this is a example where you might say Spike Lee was reaching is you had the four guys, they're drunk after a night with the boys, they're walking down <laughs> the street. The one character says like how it's bullshit about Ra, uh, Rambo having PTSD and just going ham, how unrealistic it is. And then you have another guy mention an African-American soldier and how they've never really been portrayed as Vietnam uh, PTSD survivors or like or people that have suffered from PTSD. And then they point out this, he, literally they point out one soldier, a famous soldier who suffered from PTSD that from the Vietnam war. And then there's other parts of the movie where Lee does a like uh, quick pans to like, uh, it almost looks like a Google page <laughs> the way he did it. Yes. And then it goes to like these revolutionary war heroes. Okay. These characters that have been left out of American cinema when talking about war movies, these African-American soldiers, and also in general, in terms of the history books. So I love that he was teaching you things while also entertaining. That's what I really loved about it. And again, that made it even more impactful than just the main themes. It was just uh, honestly an educational experience, but not one that was also in your face. That one wasn't in your face. It was just a part of the ride and it set, it was a part of the tone of the movie, which I really loved. Mm -hmm. I also, go go ahead, Flex. Just to go along with the archival footage, I think that like there was, so there's obviously the archival footage was, was with a different camera and it was a lot of flashbacks and there was a lot of, just a lot of references back to Vietnam and actual footage from that. There's just something about Vietnam footage that, that just hits different. You know, mm-hmm. we were talking about, we we're talking about impact. And I think that really helped communicating his message to the audience with racial injustice and war, but soundtrack. That was ver- yes. The Marvin Gaye. Yes. Terrific as well. Yes. But that's six. There's nothing like that 16 millimeter uh, reversal stock camera where it, it just feels like you're watching like a journalist documentary. Mm-hmm. And it just really like goes along to what you're saying about educational, but yet impactful. I think that really helps communicate the message, like I mentioned earlier. And with the music being Marvin Gaye, real, really real quick. Yeah. So talking about the camera, what I noticed, what he was trying to do is that you had the, like you're saying, the archival footage, the throwback footage. The, yeah. To, I'm, I couldn't think of another word for yeah, it. You know, the, yeah. You're right. The, it had the nostalgic 1970s Vietnam, late 1960s mm-hmm. Vietnam feel to it. But what he started to do, towards the middle to the end of the movie, he had that type of camera work, that cinematography, and he put it into what was happening in current day. So yes. did you notice that? So like they're yes, going at the end. Vietnam, they're running, they're running through that river, right? Where they have that village next to them. Then all of a yes. sudden goes to that 1970s type of cinematography. And it's like, once you see that, you understand what he's trying to do. He's like, the war really isn't over. The consequences of war haven't ended, right? Yes. You still have these injustices to Great these point. soldiers. And not only does he talk about African-American soldiers, but to Vietnamese people. That's a major part of the movie. And that emotional uh, theme, that, not, that, that emotion really uh, is evoked by uh, Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. And then before we uh, – do you have anything to say more to say about the cinematography, anything like that? Uh, not the cinematography. I do have one more thing before we go to spoiler section, but okay, go, go ahead. ahead. 
Oh, go ahead. Okay. Oh. My last thing is just, I thought Chadman Bozeman was also great. Mm-hmm. And I was disappointed I didn't see more of him. I know he was only, uh, yeah, I guess it's not, it's not a spoiler. No. I guess, yeah, it's not a spoiler. No. Like he's dead. Like they're going back to re- retrieve his body. Like you can yeah, see yeah, any synopsis the whole premise or of the movie. Yeah. Um, he was terrific in the movie. I, in my opinion, I thought he was great. And I don't like Black Panther, I think is a great movie. I don't, I consider that a superhero movie, but I don't really consider him to be like a great actor in that movie and other roles that he's been in. Like 42, I thought was awful movie. Corny. Even it's a sports movie. Yeah, just incredibly corny. And the dialogue was, he did a terrible job in that movie, in my opinion. This movie, though, he was phenomenal. I loved it. And I wanted more of him. Yeah, I agree with the limited screen time. When I saw the trailer for this movie, I was like, okay, Chadwick Boseman coming out parties, not just like some superhero who's going to be in the mainstream movies, make you a bunch of money. He's going to be in a Spike Lee movie and steal the freaking show. But like he kind of, he had a moment at the end that was really good. I agree he was good. I don't necessarily think as highly of his performance. I think mainly because Delroy Lindo did such a great job. True. I think. Yeah. And, it, and I think it also is the limited screen time part. But before, I don't know if this we're going to jump into spoilers or not, but uh, this has been on Twitter. And I thought we need to address this because I, I know you're going to. But the, the throwback scenes, there was decision made by Spike yes. Lee not to de-age the actors or not to recast them as younger characters. So instead, you had Delroy Lindo and his 65-year-old squad actually fighting right in those scenes. What do you think of that, Slick? Flicks. So <laughs> when I'm when I was watching this, I hated it. I, I'm not gonna lie, I hated it. But I just thought it was, it was so bad. The running and just the reactions. And I thought the Chadwick Boseman younger character to the 65 year olds and whatnot, like it just felt awkward. But like after the movie, everything's done. Like I understood it. I understood why. And mm-hmm. with the PTSD and like they're back in the jungle, right? These 65 year old men, they're back the first time since they were there when they were 18 years old, they're there reliving their experiences. And I understand that aspect of PTSD connection. So I think that's what he was. I'm not positive. I haven't spoken to Spike Lee, but I think that's what he was going for. At least that's what I was thinking after I saw the movie. But when I was watching it, I really wish it wasn't like that. I I think I was just trying to like, I don't know. I don't even know what he was trying to do. I think it's just maintained that emotional impact of the war with the characters if that makes sense. So it's like you see the pain that they had back then. You also see it now. And they're back in the jungle. So they're yeah. reliving that experience right now in those bad right. memories. So it's just like that back and forth where it's really the same thing. Okay. So I agree with that. But it was just, dude, it was just freaking ridiculous yes. to watch that tubby. I forgot the actor's name. He's in Veep. He's a, I forgot the actor. Oh, I was thinking Isaiah Whitlock I don't, from uh, Isaiah? The Wire. He's like, okay. She. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that we're thinking. Okay, so like when he's rolling around, <laughs> like doing barrel rolls and stuff, and yeah, shooting, he's having a hard time getting him, up, him. and you hear, you hear the old man groans. I'm just like, oh my god. Ugh. Like, but the, but the the stupidest part is at the end of the movie they do a flashback picture with them. De-age. They de-age them. They yes. de-age them. It's they like the it's like Netflix. You knew Netflix, like the Irishman was at the forefront of Netflix's minds. Like, we can't de age them, we can't de age them, we can't de age them. But so, like, he's like, oh, we can make it into like a meaning, like a theme, and we can just do it so they don't. But yeah. then they de age them at the end. And it Such a terrific. cop out. Such a cop out for not using it. They have it was the ridiculous. Patrick Starr verbal meme. 
they have the technology. Yes. <laughs> it, just but, that at the, it looked good at the end, so why not just do it the whole yeah, movie? Or looked, just maybe, kept, they like, maybe they couldn't do it while they were moving or something. I, I really don't know. Yeah. But they could have, like, there, there, were a, there were minimal scenes of flashbacks. They were minimal. They, weren't, they didn't cover that much of the movie, right? So they could have hired these younger actors, okay? So I thought that was just ridiculous. Um, do we want to jump on to spoilers? I want- I do want to just make a spoiler comment. So if we could just jump in that for like quick few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Just so we'll do a quick spoiler uh, section here for the five bloods. Okay. So if you are listening now, you don't want anything spoiled about the movie, anything relevant, uh, please skip uh, later in the pod to a number. I will say later. Awesome. Awesome. So I just want to say a couple of things that I thought were terrific with the movie. And specifically with Spike Lee and his and his type of movies, he is terrific at being predictable, yet unpredictable. This movie is a perfect example of that clear cut with the landmines. The landmines, right when Lindo's son meets that girl and is like, "Oh, I'm trying to end landmines in Vietnam," you knew immediately that there's gonna someone's gonna die in landmines, right? And that the guy that's rich but not really like dies from the landmines and that was gory as heck and honestly i didn't mind it except it was, that was also kind of ridiculous. Yeah, i was all taken but, back by that but, it was all pretty positive up until that right exactly so then that no happens change. and you're thinking like oh well there's the landmine scene you're thinking of and then the landmine people come back but then L- lindo's son has a landmine yeah. steps on again. and it's like oh shit that's happening yeah. again and then 30 minutes later that guy that ran away escaped he gets the landmine again. Landmine. So it's Spike Lee does this again with Inside Man, where the, it's like robbing a bank movie, and the guy's like, "I'm gonna walk right out that front door," and you don't know when he's gonna do it, and you're like, "Oh, like he's gonna walk out the front door after robbing a bank," and you think at the end, like when everyone's running out the door, like, "Oh, he's in there," but he didn't. But he does end up walking out that front door, and I won't spoil too much more. But it's unbelievable. Spike Lee does that in his movies, and it's. Oh, I, I agree. So like the landmine, like you knew he has the discussion with the girl, like I'm a mind seeker or whatever. I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah. so I'm literally in my head whenever they're walking, like when they were finding the gold and they had like the metal detector, I'm like, okay, when's the mine coming? When's yes. the mine coming? They found the gold. They got it. Then they walked and the, their, their buddy like gets blown up by the mine. Then I'm like, okay, that was the mine. All right. The guy, their guy's dead. They have to mourn him and they have to go back. Then his son steps on it. I'm like, oh, well, here we go. So it's like, you know what's coming, but he yeah. adds an extra twist. Right. And that's like in the- unexpected. It's expected, but then unexpected. You know? Exactly. It's like he's a master at that. And in the scene with uh, Jonathan Majors, uh, Lindo's son, when he steps on that landmine, like immediately I thought, oh, this is perfect. Lindo's son and his dad, like Lindo's son came here. He was like, I want my fair share. And Lindo's son, dad's been saying like, he should get a fair share. He's carrying the stuff. Like I thought immediately, oh, this is perfect. Like revolve, like circling the characters back and like the relationship. I'll sacrifice my bag of gold and put it on the landmine, and yeah. like he'll live. So sacrifice the gold that I make, the how much money, millions of dollars to save my son's life. No, instead we're gonna do the. I remember the story when we pulled the guy. Like I thought that would have been a perfect opportunity to do that. Yeah, I mean, I like that. that I didn't even think about that. That's that would have been genius. That was the, At the same time, like you find out about Delroy Lindo's character, what he's all about. 
you know? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's about the, he's about take, getting his cut. He didn't want his son there in the first place. He's a man of his word. He's living with that extreme guilt that is an extremely yep. massive reveal they do at the end where he accidentally, it's friendly fire. He kills Jadwick Boseman's character. But um, I wanted to say something else. Also, the, the, the villain of the movie, okay? So obvious. Who, so yeah, obvious. that was ridiculous. The guy, that was awful. I, I got a, I, Not enough backstory either. That was bad. Yeah, I think it's just that like was the poorly guy done. who's in charge of the money, right? They go get the money. He's yeah, be the it was. And they, that's, it was so blatant. It was then, a three-minute scene that you see him at the end of the movie. It's like, oh, what what's the, the actor's name? I'm going to pull it up. He's the guy from Leon the Professional. Um, I forget his name, too. Yeah, it's but the guy. That scene, uh, the, but it was ridiculous. I thought that was poor, poor writing as in right. didn't give enough backstory and it was too obvious. And I think that the connection with Vietnam and those like his henchmen, what do you want to call them? The people like trying to gather money before you knew it was him. Like, Jean that, yeah, that's it. But I thought that was great. And, but you knew those guys weren't just random people. You knew there was going to be something more and you knew it was going to relate back to that two minute scenery in the movie. Not enough mm-hmm. backstory. That's why I cut it down. And this is why this is not for me. My rating for this movie would be an 88% out of 100, 8.8 out of 10. For me, I thought it was a great movie, but I think that really hurt it. I think that the crew around Lindo was not up to par, even though I love Isaiah Whitlock and the other character, the only character that lives, we're in a spoiler review part, um, both Wire characters, and I love them in that. I thought the whole cast, just the whole crew, I mean, was just not great. I think their chemistry was good, but it was very mediocre. And I think that really brought down the movie, including the landmine people group. And I think that really brought down the movie, but only to an 88. Right. So I gave it a 94. Um, I'm, I tend to be pretty positive with the, my movie reviews I've noticed as of late. Uh, I think I just get really hyped up when a new release comes out. And then I watch it a second time. My like expectation, not my expectations, my like realizations start to uh, mm-hmm. come to light. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the big things that I just like my detractors, were definitely uh, the, the, the decision not to de-age and the, or cast younger actors. But the second one is uh, the, sub, the romantic subplot that had no payoff. It was Eight. like... Oh yeah. my God, that was bad It was bad like, too. what was the point? I guess it was the point of him meeting uh, Jonathan Major's character I'm talking about, meeting the mind seeker. Okay, so it's like I guess it's him that to meet her, but to continue like a relationship, and then it doesn't even pay off in the end. Like, it's not like he ends up with the girl he, and Jonathan Majors. I don't. I, I just. I just. I think it was more about it took the focus off his relationship with his dad, and that right. was the bigger story. Exactly, I totally agree, and I think the payoff, like the payoff, was that you find out that he confesses to the girl that oh, I, like my mom died giving birth to me, but. That shouldn't be a payoff in a romantic story because that's what his father. Could have told that to like one of his friends. Yeah, it could have been anybody. It could have been exactly. It could have been one of the crew, uh, other parts of the crew, saying like, "Oh, my dad's never like, you know, I've always felt guilty about this. My dad's never like recovered from this, and that's why he hates me." You know what I mean? It just definitely that that also was a part of. Thank you for mentioning that because I totally forgot about that for a second. Right, that That was a huge letdown. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think overall, obviously, we agree. Positive review. Uh, five Bloods, Spike Lee, uh, Ricky Flicks gives it an uh, 88 out of 100, Dr. Rowe with a 94, okay? That is our review of The Five Bloods. Wow, it sounds like I missed a pretty good movie. I got to, uh, I really got it. I might have to throw that on tonight. Yes. Absolutely. What else are you going to do in quarantine? 
That's a good question. It's also pouring rain outside, so I better do something. All right. Well, it's time to move on to the last segment of the podcast, and this will be a new and reformed top billing. Uh, last week, we did top billing for the top five Judd Apatow movies. This week, we are doing it draft style. Does anybody want to explain how we're going to do this real quick? Go ahead, Flex. Okay, well, three of us will each have our own draft, our own top billing, top five, and we'll go draft styles, snake style. So we're going to decide the order, and then that order we're going to go one, two, three. So if the order is Dr. O, uh, Ricky Flicks, Nez, then I'll go Nez, Ricky Flicks, Dr. O, and keep going until we've each had five individual uh five movies four. on our list oh four we're doing four didn't we agree to four five five it was five we did five last week all right five okay <laughs> and we can't repeat our movies so we have to have five different movies on our list no one can repeat what if someone already picked it you can't pick that movie again can't can't pick lebron james twice That's exactly all right. he's only on one team so how are we doing this again so how i'll flip a coin like- between nez and dr o Nez, you call it in the air. Okay. And ah. what do you mean? Why can't I call it? Fine, you. Uh, I just picked it. That's why. All right. Nez, you know why you call can't it in call the it? Air. Because I just muted you. All oh. right, here we go. All right. Nez, ready? I'm flipping it. Tails. It was heads. So, Dr. O, and then Nez, me and you. Nez, pick it in the air. Tails. It was tails. All right. So, it goes Dr. O, Nez, Ricky Flix is the order. Snake style. Dr. O, get us started. Number one, Nez thinks he knows what I'm going to say. I'm going to go with Saving Private Ryan. What? Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> Saving Private Ryan, number one, greatest war movie ever made. One of the greatest war stories ever told, okay? Rescuing a soldier that they don't know, that's not a part of their platoon. Matt Damon's character, Okay. I have Saving Private Ryan, number one, most patriotic movie about the greatest generation. My God. First of all, I don't know if it's the greatest war movie ever made. Ooh. Oh, that's another top billing. That might be be something for another top billing. Future top uh, billing? Have you ever heard of Full Metal Jacket? Oh, you Mm. are a Full Metal Jacket guy. I'm a big Full Metal Jacket guy. Even though the second half isn't as good, but the first half is absolutely incredible. Like the training part is incredible. Uh, anyways, uh, I did not expect mm-hmm. you to pick that. Shocker. Um, yeah. Number one, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Well, I, I know exactly what I'm going with right now, which is number two. The most patriotic movie of all time has to be Miracle. I mean, all right. I mean, listen, I'm, I, I, I'm the only one in this podcast that didn't play hockey, but Jesus, if, it, if it's not the most patriotic, I mean, it's about Olympic hockey. It's about the miracle on ice. It's about defeating Russians, defeating communism in the middle of the Cold War. And it, and it, it was just unexpected. It's, it's, just, it's just so patriotic. And, and, you know, by the end of it, if you're not standing up clapping with tears in your eyes, then I don't know what to tell you. That was miracle. so painful. That was so miracle. painful to leave off my list. I, 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 I had to, though. I had you to. It, you left it off your list or you just didn't start no, it off? No, off my uh, pick. Off my oh, pick. Okay, off gotcha. the number one pick. But uh, there's nothing more American than taking down commies. <laughs> nothing more American. Good pick, good pick. With my first pick, but the third overall pick of this draft of this top billing draft, I'm going with National Treasure. 
Oh, whoa! National treasure. Oh, What's more God. American than stealing the national the Declaration of Independence in oh order for it not God. to be stolen? National treasure is my first pick of the most patriotic movies. And verbal. Stop billing. Oh my God! Verbal meme. Terminator Two, where they're like mind blown or whatever, where they're holding the fence and they get blown up like. <laughs> verbal meme blew my mind. Holy crap! First rounder. National first treasure. round pick. Wow. That's outside the box. That is outside the box. And since it's snake style, I get the second pick. There you go. <laughs> my second pick might shock you. For most patriotic movies. The first. <laughs> my second pick will be Stripes. Stripes oh! is my second pick. Stripes is one of the funniest movies of all time. Bill Murray absolutely kills it in this movie. And what it's telling you the story of American uh, uh, training camps, like for uh, soldiers. I love that. I love that basic training. And no, you don't really see a lot of movies like that, and especially in the comedic at uh, comedic. Yes, you atmosphere. do. Not in a comedy though. Like Full Minute Jacket, it talks it's so serious. Like it's a incredibly serious movie. Stripes is a comedic. It's it's so funny and ended up being heroes. What's more patriotic than American heroes? It's a great movie. I can't. Great much. movie. They're American much heroes. Much. Very funny. It's my one of for my list. It's my number two pick. Stripes. So I had National Treasure and Stripes. Before Nez. before Nez goes, I what do we think about? I don't think we spent enough time talking about National Treasure because technically he stole the Declaration of Independence. How patriotic is that? To save it. To save it. To eh. save it, and then he. <laughs> Yes, yes, mm. to save it. Mm, I don't know. Okay, okay. I just wanted to bring up that fact. He, he stole the Declaration of Independence. He did, yes. Interesting. Definitely creative. Definitely a creative pick. Uh, for my second most <laughs> for my second most patriotic movie, or at least my second round pick, uh, we are going with Air Force One, baby. Wow. What's more American than Harrison Ford on Air Force One taking down terrorists? The declaration is. That's what it is. I don't know about that. The, it's a, literally depicting the President of the United States taking down terrorists with his bare hands. Close second. Literally just so, so badass. badass. So badass. Jinx, you owe me a soda. Oh, my gosh. It's incredible. I remember watching that movie. That was like the first like big action movie that I remember watching. I remember I was at a sleepover. All right, hold on. Just let me just like wind back here. Not many, not many movies. You know exact. You know exactly where you were when you first saw it. I was at a sleepover. I had to call my mom for permission to watch this movie, because you know the parents were a little strict over there. They just wanted to make sure that they weren't crossing any boundaries. And we watched it. <laughs> and just to tell you how young we were, one of the kids at the sleepover got permission from his parents, and then we had to shut it off halfway through and wait for him to go to bed because he was like scared. Which is like it's not a horror movie. So, Air Force One. I mean, Jesus, kid. Um, is pretty still one of my best movie. friends to this day, though, so it's pretty funny to make fun of him for. Um, that being said, yeah, I mean, it's the president of the United States on Air Force One killing terrorists, defending the nation. Very patriotic. Great movie. Round, round, Great round villain. Pick. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think these next two picks, they're not – one of them is a little creative, but I think this, these next two might win me the draft. That's why I think they're good. They are. That's a bold take. So we're going to go second pick American sniper, Clint Eastwood directed. Okay. With uh, starring Bradley Cooper. Okay. Uh, after I saw that movie, I saw it actually uh, on a date uh, with Ricky flicks Ooh. in the back row. And I was in the front row with my date. So Ricky flicks oh, yeah. with his I, buddies. Wow. I had no idea you were there. 
Yeah, packed theater opening night. What well, everyone in that theater and anyone who's seen that movie after they saw it for the first time, they wanted to become a Navy SEAL. Yes, <laughs> they wanted true. to become a Navy SEAL, yes. no matter how ludicrous the ideal was. Okay, no matter how crazy it was, you wanted to be a Navy SEAL. Um, the guy, like, how, how many tours did uh, Bradley Cooper's character go? Chris Kyle three, was like three, three or four. Chris Kyle did three tours, right? Most most kills for any so, uh, any soldier in American history, I believe, or most most. Uh, oh, I think it's most kills. Might most confirmed kills. Confirmed. Most confirmed, yeah, confirmed kills. Okay, but uh, extremely patriotic. Okay, so delete that part, by the way. Uh, my second pick of this. Third. Oh, okay. Hold on, can I just comment on that real quick? I mean, yeah. we didn't get to talk about it. Yeah, Not going to lie, I've never seen this movie. I've never seen American Wow, Clint Eastwood. Um, but what I do think is very funny and something that people comment that, that has been commented on and debated that, like, listen, I, I don't hope I don't receive any backlash about this, but um, Seth Rogen talking about it. I don't remember if you, I don't know if you remember this controversy when Seth Rogen tweeted about it, said that it reminded him of the, uh, the Nazi movie that they made in Inglorious Bastards, where it's the sniper in the tower, just like killing off all these like, and i'm like and then i mean listen all, all i'm saying here is We're the premise of both movies the premise of, well i'm i mean listen i'm taking you down right now that's what i'm doing the premise of both of those movies are like very similar dude chris kind of kyle is an, is an american hero you, you can't know chris I can't kyle believe that was the comparison it's no you can't say you can't you don't remember that. that controversy you don't remember him i'm i'm saying the movie's premises are the same the movie from <laughs> The it's movie in the movie and Inglorious Bastards, and then um, there's a, it wasn't there's on a Twitter at the time. scene where he's up top and he snipes like yes, yeah, right, yeah, yeah okay. the Olympian, yeah, 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 the All Olympian right. sniper. Which is third big, Doctor <laughs> Rocky Four. Yeah, Rocky Four. Rocky pick, Four, pick. nothing more American, dude. I mean, Rocky ended the Cold War. If anything, I didn't that. even put that on my list because I knew that you were gonna pick it. He single-handedly ended the Cold War. He just started talking after he beat Drago, and all of a sudden the war was over. There was no more feud. So I think there doesn't really get any more patriotic. And I already mentioned how patriotic taking down commies are. He took down the biggest one. Literally. Okay. Largest Lucky human being. Yes. <laughs> Am I after you, Dave? Yes. Yes, you are. We're not getting lost. Yes. Okay. All right. Sorry. Uh, these snake drafts, they, they mess me up. I can't lie. Okay. Um, my third round pick for most patriotic movie. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. You guys are coming up with the wackiest, wackiest patriotic movies. Are you kidding me? That's a journey through American history. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Are yeah, you kidding that. me? That okay. is, that movie is a journey through American history. It mm -hmm. literally takes you through some of the most vital and important times of our nation. And I think that's very patriotic. It celebrates and educates us on our, uh, our nation's history. By my birthday buddy, Tom Hanks. <laughs> okay. Tom Hanks America's dead. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, my third pick of the stop billing, White House Down. White House <laughs> Down is my third pick for most patriotic movies. Jamie Foxx, Channing Tatum. That's all you need from your, uh, to see this movie in theaters. And Jamie Foxx wearing Jays as president of the United States. Awesome. Third, third uh, pick for me, White House Down. Interesting. My Not fourth bad. pick of this top billing, Olympus Has Fallen. <laughs> Olympus Has Fallen. 
Aaron Is that Eckhart. The Morgan Freeman one? Yes, yes. Morgan <laughs> Freeman one, yes. That's uh I don't even Morgan know. Morgan Freeman. Crap, what? What's this? London has fallen. That's the one he becomes president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Olympus has fallen is the most patriotic movie and number four, one of the most patriotic movies in number four on my list. I've only yeah. seen the Channing Tatum one. Gerard Butler kills it and Olympus has fallen number four. Interesting. For me. Wow. Dr. O, what do you have to say for yourself? Fourth round pick. Wait, doesn't it go back? No, to- Nez, Nez, back to you. Sh- is, he is lost right. in the snake. Dude, these snake drafts, man. I yeah. swear to God. Okay, it's so it's back to me. Oh man. All right. I'm not gonna lie. I um, you know, I really browsed I browsed a couple of lists trying to put this together. Um I'm I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. Do I want to go satire? Do I want to be serious? I'm not quite sure. We got you had Forrest Gump. Listen, I gotta go. I gotta go. Listen, listen, I gotta yeah. I gotta I gotta go with with Team America World Police. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. The theme song of the movie is America Bleep Yeah. I mean, I, that's pretty in-your-face American, if you ask me. It's 4th of July. You know what? If you don't listen to that song on 4th of July, you're, you're probably a regular person because it's kind of a weird song. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably are a regular person. It's a hilarious movie. It actually does critique America a little bit, but, but – it's still kind of patriotic in, in a satirical way. Uh, I I got to be honest, Rick, Ricky Flex, I haven't seen it. You haven't you haven't, you haven't seen, seen it? What uh, Team America? No, please. I've seen oh, only wow. like oh, I've only gosh. seen like like I've seen scenes on like Twitter and stuff. But that's honestly might be a. <laughs> it's written by the South Park writers. It's pretty. Uh, yeah, it's pretty. I've heard funny. it's hilarious. It's pretty ridiculous. Where can you man. find that right now? It was on Netflix. I think it's on. I don't yeah, know if but it's still on Netflix. I don't think is it really? is anymore. Is this? But that would be a good one to watch. Yeah, that, it's a really, it's really funny. It's, I'll yeah. take Nez's recommendation. It's controversial for sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> maybe we do. Um, maybe a team review for next week. Team America, World Police. Yeah, I let's review that as a, as a squad. That. I actually yeah, would yeah. love to watch that with you. Um, because oh, I don't think you understand what you're in for. <laughs> I know. I, I, I've heard about the movie. I know it's a but South that guy, song, you know, but that song, America, yeah, like that's, that's like their theme song. Right. I, I, I like I've heard, I've, I've heard of the song and I've heard how like, like R rated it is, how inappropriate it is. Just so offensive. Just, I never got to so it. many like, levels. I'm not a big so South Park offensive. guy. I, but, I saw a couple yeah. of South Park episodes and then I've, I've seen basketball. Basketball. But, uh, Basketball is such a good movie. Oh my underrated. god! I had older brothers, and they used to, and you know they called me Squeak growing up because of. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All right, Doctor right, O. Final pick. Okay, last two picks, right? Oh right, you have two. So That's this is my fourth. One. My fourth pick. I'm gonna go with man. You guys, I can't even. I got a match. Can't even match yours. I'm just gonna go with Captain America: The First Avenger. Okay. So we're going back to World War II, Greatest Generation. Okay, we're killing Nazis. Okay, we're killing replacements for Hitler that have red skulls. Okay, we're realizing that even the smallest guy can make the biggest difference. All right, Captain America, First Avenger, uh, my fourth pick. Any comments? Solid pick. I love me superhero movie. America. Yeah. Yeah. His name is Captain Captain America. America. I mean, hard to keep that one off any list. Yeah. 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 You last could, one you could so i had my superhero one's kind of like my i guess not funnier but like my less serious <laughs> picks along with rocky four i'm going back on the serious train with zero dark 30 killing bin laden baby 
killing Bin Laden, amazing movie with Jessica Chastain, like one of her breakout roles, to be honest. I got, there's really few things more American. But I remember, I remember when that happened. Uh, I was, what were we in 10th grade? I was in 10th grade. Uh, in school, we were discussing it. And there's a, basically there was like parades in the streets after Osama was killed. Um, it was just, I didn't believe it at first. It felt like a patriotic moment. And like, you're waiting, you waiting for the movie to come out to like follow it up. And I think it lived up to the hype. Yeah. It was a great yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that definitely makes sense. I don't like that moment in history. It doesn't matter what side you, you, you're on. Cause you know, the way the world is these days, or at least the United States is no matter what you're celebrating that moment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So everybody was happy when that, when that happened. Uh, in America, so sure. um, you know, executing that is very, very, um, very patriotic. Definition of it. So. Yeah, I remember having like we like history class the next day. I, th- I don't remember if it happened at night or not, but the next day we spent the whole class talking about it, right, and why it was such a big deal. And there wasn't; it was just everyone knew how big of a deal and how po- how much of a positive it was for the country. Yeah, that's right. That's my yes. fifth pick. My fifth and final pick of this top billing drive-in pod draft. I hope you guys have seen it because it's very patriotic. And it's, I mean, listen, it's made in the 80s. It was made, literally made in 1984. It's like the, that's just like, like peak patriotism, honestly. Seriously. It was peak patriotism. Reagan. I'm going with Red Dawn. Okay. Red Dawn. Done. I mean, a yeah. b- bunch of teenagers defending their little the little town from uh, from communists on on the verge of World War Three. Patrick Swayze, come on, baby, come on, baby. Red Dawn, patriot, the most patriotic. We don't talk about the reboot. We don't talk about it. Yeah, the, the remake. Talk. Josh Peck. We don't talk. Yeah, about it. but uh, go ahead, Nez. You know, I think that what we should do from for top billing from now on. I think what we're gonna do. I want to release this onto our Instagram, and I think what we should have. We should have people vote for who had the best top villain. Agreed. Yes, Agreed. I think I, th- I think I already won. Totally disagree. Red two Dawn. Week, two weeks in a row. Red All Dawn's right. a low-key great pick. I, I took a Cold War class in college, and uh, the first class we had, the teacher didn't say anything, put on Red Dawn for the entire hour and a half of class. Just put on the movie. It was one of the best classes of all time. Just teaching about the Cold War, just put on Red Dawn, even in college. <laughs> it's amazing. That's epic. Yeah, Patrick Swayze. Oh my God, one of the goats. Definitely one of the goats. R.I.P. Yeah. But Ricky Flex's last pick of this top billing, man. I'm gonna fight right now with myself. I don't know which one to pick. I, I'm gonna battle with three. Man, I'm gonna go something that hasn't like a type of movie that hasn't been said. Actually, no, it has been said, but not to this extent or simplistic. American Made. Tom Cruise American uh, American Dream Story. This man, former DWA pilot, is recruited by the CIA to actually help Pablo Escobar and other drug lords of Colombia get their cocaine to America. We're pushing it. We're pushing it the Patriots. This man, it, <laughs> Tom Cruise in this movie is the definition of the American Dream. He gets fired from his job as a pilot. And only to go work for the CIA, who hires them to do illegal activity. That's like kind of in America's uh, roots. Mm-hmm. And Tom Cruise in this movie is terrific. <laughs> I love how you just said, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it is. <laughs> Donald Gleason is terrific in this movie as well as the CIA like operative that he's like, targeting with. Caleb Landry Jones, 
also great in this movie. He's uh the brother. He's the get out. Get right? out. Yeah, and get out. Yeah, he's great in this movie, and this movie is the American dream, like I said. But it's also building a family and especially helping out a town where it was literally nothing, and they're only living there so they don't get caught or they don't get like followed, and the CIA could just leave them to be. And he does his job right. But this movie really builds up his wealth, builds up the family coming from nothing, and American made my fifth pick. So my top five is American Made, Olympus Has Fallen, White House Down, Stripes, and National Treasure. All right. So we recap our list here. Yeah, maybe some honorable mentions you guys had. I know I have a bunch. So yeah. Oh, so you want to? Okay. So let's recap the list really quick. So I had Saving Private Ryan. Uh, on the way back, I had Rocky Four, an American Sniper. And then, what did I have? I'm going to find it. Um, Captain America and Zero Dark Thirty. That rounds up my top five. Nice. Nez, what do you had again? I had a Miracle, Air Force One, Forrest Gump, Team America World Police, and Red Dawn. <laughs> okay. All right. So okay. what I left off, there, I, there's one glaring mistake. Yeah, I think there's a bunch here, like the Patriot. Independence Day. Independence Day. Born on the Fourth of July. Independence Day, Top though, gun. is it? It's patriotic. You're trying to save the world, not just Americans America. are called True. on to defeat the aliens. Yes, but it's also the world on the Fourth of July. It's but but the president of the United States has an it's, unbelievable speech yeah, in that movie. That's true. Unbelievable speech in that movie, and you see the White House blown up. Like true. That hit that hit me in America that hit hard. The White House. Blown it happens up like in that. um Live Free or Die Hard. I also thought so. I I didn't think of that, that putting that on my list just because of that. I don't reason. Even remember. Maybe it didn't actually happen. It was uh, I think it was live free, right? Yeah, live free. I, I, I literally looked into that for this list and thought about putting that on my list. <laughs> All right. But yeah. What else we leave off? Pearl Harbor. Uh, big one. Ben Affleck. Uh, the Sandlot. I thought about putting on. Oh, Flags of Our Fathers. You guys seen that one? No. Clean, right. Yeah. Clean. Flags of Our Fathers is good. Iwo Jima movie. Yeah. Um, I another one, a little like satire pick I was gonna put on, and I thought about I um was a uh, a league of their own. What's more American when all everyone's out to war, like all the baseball players are out to war, but you have to watch baseball, so you right. like that's outside the, the time. Lone um, Survivor, no, nah, good one. Patriots Day. I, th- I Mark also Wahlberg, th- Mark Wahlberg movies. <laughs> yeah, any Mark, yeah, Patriots Day exactly. Um, I guess one more would be uh. A wet hot American summer, just because of the name and summer <laughs> camps. Who didn't go to a summer camp in America? Like, come on. Oh uh, well, I, Apollo thirteen. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Ooh. Ricky, you're a big fan of Argo. Argo is on there. Yeah, I. That movie didn't really focus on the American aspect, though. It was more about like the characters themselves, yeah. in my opinion, and also the the movie, the fake movie, and everything. Right. I thought that was a but unbelievable movie. All right. So, uh, Nez, it uh, looks like we're done here. Uh, so, we agree that we're Team America uh, World Tour next week. That's the review? I guess so, yeah. We're going to go ahead and do it. I think um, That's the it's going to be very Dr. shocking o. for you to, to, to uh, experience. I'm very excited for it. So, um, yeah, I guess we can review uh, Team America World Police. Um, we're it. also hey, going to bring on – I'm a dummy. <laughs> world tour it's okay it's not trolls world tour don't worry about it um, but yeah we're going to be bringing you all the best news and reviews um within the next coming weeks months potentially years so what i would do is i would like and subscribe us on excuse me like and subscribe on youtube uh i would follow us on instagram underscore the driving pod or underscore driving pod right 
the driving pod on twitter and go to the drivingpod.com for all of our blogs guys thanks so much for listening and we will see you next week smell you Bam.